This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Yeah. You know, let's talk about something we could all use more of right now. Sex, great sex. Now, you should know that's not my copy. That's what they wrote. But I do agree with it in principle. I think we could all use great sex. And sometimes a fella needs a little help there. And what's better than Blue Chew? I mean, you can now increase your performance, get that extra confidence in bed. Bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. And Bluetooth brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Danny, you yes. had a big meal. Yeah. It's totally cool. Well, because, you know, you go out to dinner with somebody and you're eating and you, maybe you're having like oysters or tacos. Um, or ravioli. Or raviolis. And so maybe you're full. And now what am I going to do? I want to perform. Can I take it on a full stomach? I can. But Danny, do you ever worry that you're taking something that's not made in the USA? Constantly. But this, this let me, USA. I'm here to tell you, USA all the way. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians. So you don't have to go to the doctor, wait in line. And it's even cheaper than a pharmacy. And they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package. I know that that's a big thing for you. You're tired yeah. of getting... No, all of my, you know, all of my other weird ointments that come in and it's marked and it's like anal fissure cream uh-huh. and everybody sees it. This is discreet. It looks like you're getting a book. Oh, that's great. That's so you don't great. even have to leave the house. And right now we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code, the special code Danny, D-A-N-N-Y. I'm so proud. My oh, name is. I'm so code. jealous. Just pay five dollars in shipping. Again, that's b l u e chew.com promo code Danny to try it free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Doing It with Danny Zucker and Jenny Johnson podcast. Yes. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help make this podcast possible. So please be sure to use promo code Danny at bluechew.com. D o i in apostrophe i t w i t. Revolution in podcast. You know what's revolution about our podcast, Jenny? What's that? That um, I can imagine over hundreds of episodes, a non-science project. Guy had pointed this out. A, yes. a non a non-science podcast might maybe have one astronaut on the show. Maybe. Maybe if they're maybe. lucky, and not even a good astronaut. You know, right. probably like a fucking geologist. Is what I'm talking Ugh. about. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, a <laughs> medical officer or some bullshit like that. Yeah. Uh, the worst. We have two. We We've had two. Not one, but, but two. two. Now, can you tell me how you know? I, I, I understood your connection to our previous astronaut. Scott Kelly. Okay, Scott. well, I'll, let me introduce our, our guest is astronaut, Garrett Reisman, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, pride, of, pride of the Space Force, right? Uh, no, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> so out of the gate, we want to just put you on the spot. <laughs> Space Force, please. 
confusing, obviously. It was a yeah. terrific series on Netflix. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so lay this on. I don't know this connection, Jenny, and I feel I know so much about you. Yes. Yeah, so I went with a few friends to the California Science Center, and there was a charity event. And uh-huh. shit, I really should have looked this up, what charity it was. But it was for raising money. It was like Down syndrome adults so that they could like live independently in a God, I'm going to draw a blank on the name of this. Oh, it, it was, um, it was um, Horizons, Bright Horizons. Horizon. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and it, it was a wonderful organization. Like, and yeah. the first, one of my friends was like, hey, I'm going to go to this, would you want to go to this charity event? And I'm like, California Science Center. I start perking up and they're like, you know, the endeavor is going to be like hanging from the ceiling. And I'm such, now Danny, we're both oh. equal, the biggest space dorks. Like, <laughs> it's just, I, I, I was out when they flew that overhead to take it to it. I have like a, 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 a thousands of pictures of them flying it there. I was there, yeah. I Un, Unreal. And where I grew up just near Houston, Texas. So I was like going on the field trips every year to go to Johnson Space Center and buy the astronaut ice cream, you know, get ripped off because I know that wasn't true. You know, you know, yeah, we, we don't actually eat that crap, you know. <laughs> I found that out the hard way. <laughs> Scott Kelly was the one who told me that and ruined yeah. everything that I thought as a child. But no, but wait, wait, but please, uh, maybe you can edit this out of the podcast because the problem is, if people find out, then you know that stuff sells like hotcakes in the gift mm-hmm. shop. Okay, so I think that's like half of the Smithsonian Institute's <laughs> annual revenue is that astronaut ice cream crap. And if they can't sell it, they're gonna go out of business. So uh, that's we gotta don't tell anybody. We'll cut, we'll cut that part out. Okay, we'll cut that Sorry. out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just tell you something. Tang better be Tang better be <laughs> But I went, so I went to this event and just all I had to hear was I was going to get to like eat a meal, you know, for charity underneath a space shuttle. And right when I walked in, the, I, I guess it was like the organizer and she was like welcoming people. And Garrett, you were just standing just off the right. And, and we have astronaut. And I'm like, there's an astronaut here. I just started, I got so excited. And I was like, could you please introduce me to him, but like make it seem cool, but don't. <laughs> it seemed very cool. Yeah, don't like him, you know, make it like it was your idea to go meet an astronaut. Like I was embarrassed, <laughs> but I knew Scott Kelly at this point, And I think I, that's how I said, oh, I'm actually friends with Scott. And we text him a picture and then Garrett and I became lifelong friends. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is now, awesome. now Garrett, tell your version of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, there was this I was really there trying girl. to do this event, and this crazy woman <laughs> this kept coming up to me. That feels about right. <laughs> and, and, and when she started like tearing at my clothing, I thought it was getting really out of hand. But uh, <laughs> there's more of the ring of truth to the Jenny I know. Um, but you know, I like to. I like for both people to tell their sides. After um, all these years, it's I classed it up a little bit. And also, like Scott Kelly, if I if my research has held up, like the Kelly brothers. Um, you're a, you're a, a son of the Garden State as well. That's right. That's right. And you are as well. I know because I did some. I did my homework too. Yeah. So I'm in Livingston. Where do you were? Marstown in New and Jer- Parsippany. Parsippany, right up, right, right next door. That's yeah. my dad. My dad, um, like uh, there, there was a um, there was a bicycle. My dad started his company in the back of a bicycle shop on Parsippany off of Route 10, and there was like a bike shop there just past like Slager Forbes. Remember the motorcycle yeah. shop up there? My, my dad has a motorcycle there, but it's like, it's unusual. Are there, it, it, why is New Jersey so represented in, uh, in amongst astronauts here? I mean, it's a weird coincidence. I know two of y'all. 
Well, it's just because, you know, just because it's Jersey. But um, yeah. I think, I you know, you guys got to be careful about being typecast because you're getting all all of the astronauts you've had on this show or this podcast are all short, bald astronauts from New Jersey. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I, like, I don't know who you're going to go to next. I guess maybe Mark <laughs> Kelly. And then after that, I don't know. I mean, I would say Buzz Aldrin. He's short, but he's from Jersey. He's from Montclair. We're actually thinking of launching Danny DeVito into space. So <laughs> That would be I, perfect. I, he's also from New Jersey. And um, and, and he outshorts you if um, and probably outballs you or at least gives, you know, goes. Pretty close. But yeah. It, uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, the problem with Buzz, though, he's got a full head of hair. It's beautiful. But doesn't he? I met him once. <laughs> Thick and luxurious. Well, compared to me, every, you know, if you got a couple follicles, yeah. it's a full head, as far as I'm concerned. No, well, I Buzz, Buzz is always cool for punching that guy in the face that called him a yeah. liar. Like I could, I sometimes when if I'm feeling blue, I'll just go on YouTube and type in Buzz Aldrin punch. And then it just pops up and it's the funniest video. I've definitely, yeah. <laughs> this makes I, me happy. Yeah, these guys with hair though, late last. <laughs> there's like, there's a dude on an exit ramp. I always, he hasn't been there for a while, but a homeless guy. He's got to be, a, I'm mid 50s, he's got to be my, around my age. And you can't believe the thick, gorgeous hair. And <laughs> I've gotten to the point where like this guy talking to himself in clothes he hasn't washed in a month, but I've literally had the thought looking at his hair. Lucky fucking bastard. You know, just looking at that guy. So I, uh, um, so I. You think I, he's like out to get you? Like yeah, like that ways, I would have made that hair work. Um, <laughs> so I am fascinated about the, my, you know, my dad, both my dad and his father were um, Air Force captains and, and, and both flew, you know, you know, fighter jets in, in, in and um, my dad in particular during like the, time be, like between Korean War and Vietnam War and flew a little but didn't see a lot of action and like I was always told because I always wanted to fly and my dad was always no if you don't have a military experience you can't really do that and, but th when you'd have his pilot's friends over and I do remember um, Tom Wolfe's book the, the Right Stuff had come up and listening to these guys talk about it two of whom knew Chuck Yeager and um, and there was like this path to doing what you do what what was your path through it? Because you're younger than you're, you're the generation you're, you know, you're obviously a, a younger man than that. What, what is the current route that a guy like you takes? And did you always want to do it? Uh, you know, that's the kind of interesting thing is there's no one route. You know, people come up to me asking for advice and, and like, what's the one way you do this? I'm like, there is no one way you do this. Um, yeah. So there is the test, there is the right stuff route. And that used to be the only route Yeah. back in the Apollo days, you know, you had to be a test pilot. You had to be, uh, a Chuck Yeager kind of guy, and you had to be a guy, uh, and you had to be you had to be relatively short too. I, I'll, I'll put that out there because the capsules you can you can be too tall. So there there was that archetype, and 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 uh, I saw that on film when I was a kid growing up, and I and, and I, I'm not that young, so I used to watch Super Eight movies of really? the Apollo missions. Yeah, and um, I used to watch it like Apollo Eleven. I watched that over and over again. I was just fascinated by it, and I loved it. And I loved everything to do with spacecraft and aircraft. I used to go to my elementary school library, check out every single book they had on the subject, you know? Oh. But I never thought I'd be an astronaut when I grow up because I got this crazy, uh, I got a crazy Jewish mom, okay? And she's scared wow. of flying. And I don't mean like flying on the space shuttle. I'm talking about flying like on like United, okay? Right. 
<laughs> she's got she's got this fear and and uh, there was no way she was gonna let me her son grow up and um and uh and and become you know a test pilot you know and by the way to this day she lives now of course uh she's uh once she got to that age in jersey they made her move to florida she now lives in boca and um plus it's so she's down there huh it's the law at a certain point old yeah, shoes from new jersey sorry honey you gotta go you hit like 65 and some state trooper shows up at your door. <laughs> like, it's time to go. Get your stops. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so, uh, so she's down. And she, by the way, she's walking around down there hanging her head like in shame that her son didn't become a doctor or a lawyer. But uh, that's her problem. So, and, so there's no way she's going to let me do this. And, and so I put it out of my head. And, and I thought if you asked me in, in high school what I was going to be when I grow up, I really I never would have said astronaut. Wow. I would have said uh, engineer. Uh, doctor, you know, I was always interested in the STEM fields. Yeah, but, um, but it wasn't until much later than I realized that that there isn't one path anymore. And now you could be an engineer, you could be a scientist, you could be a medical doctor, and then become an astronaut. I might on my first flight, I even had a veterinarian that was uh, uh, along with me. Wow. Really? Now, are, are you a are you a, I'm sorry, are you a pilot yourself? I am. So and, I and did, uh, and most of us are. Most most of us who are not test pilots did. Um, and that's a funny story, by the way. I, I learned to fly out here in California over really? at the uh, El Monte Airport. And uh, pretty soon after I got my pilot's license, this is when I was a graduate student at Caltech. Over, I was living in Pasadena. And I, I was trying to get my, my mom to go fly with me. And as you can imagine, she was not having it, right? Yeah. So I finally convinced her. The way I convinced her was I said, okay, listen, I'm taking, you know, dad and my sister. And, we're, and the three of us are going to Catalina today. Why don't you hop in the airplane? You don't want to be the only one left. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's a miserable life. You'll be all alone. So <laughs> hop in and we'll go. So, so it worked. And she got in and we had a nice flight. Yeah. Camera. And by the way, why not? I, I know that approach. And why not? Why not um, bring a person who's afraid to fly to one of the scarier approaches and takeoffs in all of Southern California? <laughs> I was trying to break her of the habit. I was trying to break her. I was making her confront her fears, you know? <laughs> it's just so big. <laughs> That's amazing. Good for you. She's uh, still pissed at me. Yeah. That's a, that, that's really, yeah. So I was, well, yeah, that answers my question about. Uh, about now, where did you go um, to college? Where did you start off? Like Under, Undergrad, I was in Philly. I was okay. at uh, Penn, University of Pennsylvania. And I wasn't, still wasn't sure what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I was in a dual degree engineering and business thing. Mm-hmm. And then I left, I got, I got much more into the technical side of things. And then I came out here to California for, for grad school at Caltech. And that's where I did my uh, PhD in multi-phase fluid mechanics. Wow. So you're, Fancy and you don't make everyone bubbles. just call you doctor? Doctor. Uh, you are. Yeah, but when you I would make that, everyone, like, I would make every fucking body call me doctor if no, I had a PhD. No, you, if I, <laughs> I have a bachelor's and that's a, like, can, can that be something? I get an honorary degree. I, I used to like at the end of the Cosby show, he said it was Dr. William H. Cosby because he had a, a honorary degree from Temple. Whatever happened to that guy? Um, anyway, um, I, don't to Google that. I, don't, I don't know. But okay, so from getting your PhD from, from Bill Cosby to getting your PhD. No, don't let that get out there. <laughs> That did not happen. <laughs> no, he had nothing to do with Bill Cosby. We're uh, really good at segues, by the way. That's <laughs> kind of what Danny and I are known for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so so from when did you when did you get into the NASA program from uh so what happened was um so I got so when I found out in my very end of my undergraduate years at Penn I found out that they were taking like engineers like me and I decided I would apply so I applied um first time I applied was in 1996 for that class the same class as Scott and uh and Mark Kelly and um in that uh, I was uh, that you needed if you had just a master's degree, you needed a couple years related work experience. Right. And I try to convince them that like being a graduate, uh, a research assistant was work experience. And so I didn't get very far in that in that selection round. But I applied again for 98. And by that time, I had my Ph.D. and I was working in industry and, and I got called down for an interview. And um, I still didn't ever think I was going to get it because I was one of 20 people that were called down that week for an interview. Mm -hmm. And I would have put me like near the bottom of the list because yeah. I was looking at these other people and I was in awe. They were incredibly well qualified. There was this army helicopter pilot I remember that was just, I thought he's got it for sure. And then uh, there was a, uh, an ash, um, a scientist that I thought was gonna get it for sure. And I thought she was, and she was a NASA employee. She ended up getting selected. Her name is Shannon Walker. She got selected the next time. Oh yeah. And she's up in space right now as we, as we yeah. are talking. So uh, it's kind of cool. But anyway, I, I, I thought all these other people and, 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 uh, and of the 20 people, I was the only one they picked. That's wow. Just shows you how incredibly flawed the process is. No, I doubt that. I mean, yeah, from, which, okay, from finding, who do we choose from? Yeah, from finding that out till being aboard the space shuttle, how many years? Like how long? Oh, that was like 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. And, and it's not normally that long, but we got unlucky in a lot of ways. One was... They hired a lot of us. No, uh, Scott and Mark's, their class was called the Sardines because <laughs> when they, there were so many of them, they were the biggest class that were ever selected. So when they packed them into the, into the training rooms and stuff, there wasn't enough room for them all. <laughs> um, and then we were the penguins because we knew we were going to have to wait for all the sardines to fly before we got our chance. So we were a flightless bird. They actually wanted to call us the dodos, but... Like <laughs> we were okay with flightless, but extinct was going too far. I think you don't want to you don't want to throw that in the atmosphere when you're in spacecraft. Yeah. You don't want. To. <laughs> wow. So uh, so we ended up uh, waiting a long time, and then the other thing was we had Columbia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're not going to get too many jokes out of that topic. Oh so. no, that was horrible. Uh, but anyway, that was that was really tragic and horrible and and terrible. Ter uh, uh, really, really uh, incredibly difficult situation. And uh, and but that also grounded the fleet for a couple of years, so that set, that made it uh, an even longer wait. So how how long how long was that when the fleets were grounded? Like I think it was time? two to th two years. I want to say okay about that about two years. Yeah, two maybe three. I have what to go back and look. Just as a per like on a, on on you know just not on a personal level, like when you're going through that, and I mean you know you were clearly you weren't. Um, I mean, you weren't there for Challenger, obviously. You're probably in school still, or but um, but when that when something like that happens, what does that how do, what does that do inside a person who is like pursuing this? Like, does does it does it create doubt in you? Does it? Um, I'm I'm just I, I really am. I don't know what it would make me feel. Yeah. The, the interesting thing, the day that that happened, the interesting thing was. Um, because, you know, astronauts are by and large type A kind of people yeah. who want to take action and solve problems and, and, right. and make things better. So the interesting thing to me was immediately we all wanted to do something. 
Right. So the day, the day that it happened, we all came in for a meeting in our conference room and we immediately started getting to work. And uh, we broke into basically three groups. One group went to help with the technical investigation to try to figure out exactly what went wrong and and Um, learn what we could from it and understand what happened. The uh, another group went out into the fields and we went all a whole bunch of people went out all over uh, Texas where the debris were strewn and, and helped with the recovery and identification to make sure that like when they, people found something out there that it was like part of the space shuttle, not like a muffler from a 1975 Chevy, you know. So um, anyway, we did. And, and then the third group, which I was a part of, helped with the families. And so I spent a long time uh, with in particular the, the Ramon family for Elon Ramon and helping oh. them. Well, that's amazing. I mean, you know, again, as an astronaut, like that, like that's that part surprises me that like there, 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 that there's a a bedside manner quality to what they were what they were looking for for you guys too. That it was other. That's I I think that's really special. I never, I never heard that that's what happened. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. We we immediately that night I walked up to uh, the deputy chief of the office and said, "I want to help the family. That's what I want to do." and and can you and and we so every astronaut assigns somebody to be what we call their CACO, which is a military term. It stands for Casualty Assistance and Calls Officer. Uh-huh. It's basically the guy you want to like help your family if you don't come back. I see. Or so like you your, your best uh, your best buddy, they could call it that too. Yeah, <laughs> your best buddy. Yeah, your BFF. <laughs> that whole acronym. It's it, it, it's it's NASA. You have to have an acronym, Jenny. Come on, you can't just you can't use words. Jenny has been been um, declared as the person if um, I were to die suddenly to grab my phone and yeah. um, and delete all the delete pictures. everything. <laughs> <laughs> we well, both like, made that like, deal with each other. It's just a clean sweep, you know, no questions asked. It's like a case of emergency. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um. And um, how do you like? Do you have a family yourself? Yes. Yep. And 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 so when you're going, uh, I mean, because th- obviously all of that must weigh on them you know, just, you know, obviously the risk of all of that is. Well, I, I didn't have kids. Well, well I, I, I kind of didn't have kids. <laughs> well, now we got to go So wait, you didn't meet them. <laughs> now I'm listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, now what happened was my wife found out she was pregnant uh, the night I was going into quarantine. Oh my God. For my first, for my second, for my last flight, for my last flight. Oh my God. So, so she found out, she told me we didn't tell anybody. Because, you know, I was afraid that like the panic that would ensue in the NASA management team and that would be much worse than actually having my wife being pregnant with a child. It'd be a much bigger distraction. They would all be like, oh, can you compartmentalize? And, you know, right. they would be like calling me and like make me talk to the shrinks and stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. So we didn't even tell my mom. We didn't tell anybody. Wow. And so um, I went to quarantine and I, I would get I got, you know, we have a phone on the space station. Okay. Yeah, it's like, it's like Skype. It's a VOIP thing, but it's basically oh. a phone. So I would call her like every night. I'd call her and be like, hi, Earthling. How you doing? Uh-huh. Uh, and I'd be like, so, you know, you still pregnant? <laughs> so those calls are private. You have privacy. Yeah, yeah. Those calls, they tell us they're private. I, you know, probably there's somebody <laughs> listening. Probably but- a whole room of people like, what's an Earthling? And I'm sure the people in Russia that were listening, but, but anyway, (laughs) you know, uh, but I would, so, and and she'd be like, yeah, I'm still pregnant. If any, look, 
do your job. Focus on your spacewalk. Start, <laughs> stop, shut up and stop asking me about the pregnancy. I'll tell you if anything changes. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> how long was your, how long was your mission like that? That was the short one. So that one was just like about two weeks. Oh, okay. And that, and and during that time, were you were you returning in a shuttle or were you landing in Kazakhstan? No, I, all my missions, I went up and down on shuttle. I trained in Russia for a lot, and I thought that I might be going on Soyuz. In the beginning, they told me to focus on Soyuz, and I was being trained to be the flight engineer on the Soyuz. But then oh. they said, oh, nope, we're going to put you on the shuttle, and ended up going on shuttle both times. Wow. And which shuttles were you on? I was on Atlantis, Discovery, and uh, Endeavor. Okay. And which is a pretty neat trick, considering I only went on two missions, right? <laughs> I don't oh, know. because you like went back on one. Yeah, you I went a up on, on one, got back on the other. Exactly. I went up on my first mission. Went up on Endeavor, stayed there three months, and then Mark Kelly was actually the commander of Discovery. He he picked me up and gave me my ride home. So that was nice. <laughs> and one. Uber rating five stars. <laughs> four, he talked four a lot. And a half. Because only only because of the music he was playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, what is scarier, or is it just a dumb question all around? Danny, don't answer. Uh, going up or coming back? Reentry? Ah. Uh, well, going up is definitely more, um, it's more visceral, right? Because, I mean, it's more, um, it, it, so going up, it, it's the environment is, is a lot more harsh. You shake a lot, it makes a lot of noise, mm. you've got all those Gs. When you come home, it's a lot more benign. So I'd say like from a physical standpoint, uh, going up is, uh, is scary. But the thing is, like going up, I was, uh, uh, at least on my second flight, I was up on the flight deck and I had a job to do, which distracts you. Coming home, I'm lying on the mid deck thinking, oh, yeah, this is when Columbia happened. And that, that kind of, yeah. I had nothing to do to distract me. I was just sitting there on the mid deck waiting to come home. And uh, that was a little, yeah. So it, so psychologically, maybe coming home, but but. You know, physically going up is is, is definitely the the a ticket ride. Well, how many how how many tons of explosives are you sitting on at that point? Well, I don't know it, enough to kill you. <laughs> After, once you get to a certain amount, it doesn't really matter anymore. Oh, no, I know. I just <laughs> it's enough, a lot <laughs> enough to kill you. Enough to, yeah, yeah. And how fast how fast are you going? Like, what's the fastest speed you get on re like reentry? The, the, the interesting thing is, this is really a weird thing about orbital uh, mechanics, and uh, so if I can yeah, take please, a, for a little geek out here for a second. I'm a nerd for that. Go on. So the way you come home, you're in orbit because your speed gives you uh, enough centrifugal force that it exactly balances out the force of gravity, and it's kind of like the old model airplane on a string that you spin around in a circle. Right. And so... The gravity is like the the tension in the in the string, and then and then the airplane wants to pull away because of the centrifugal force that is going around the circle, right? Right. Well, it, it, the the shuttle in orbit around the Earth is balanced the same way. Just instead of string, you have gravity. Yeah. And then the way you come home is you slow down a little bit, right. and that's all you have to do. And then gravity wins. So all you have to do is you're going seventeen thousand five hundred miles an hour, and you only have to slow down by like one or two hundred miles an hour. Really. And then, and then gravity wins and it pull and, and you start coming back. But here's the weird thing. This is where it gets really weird is after you slow down, you speed up what? because you've now taken your circular orbit and you've turned it into an elliptical orbit. And as now you've now, as you dive down towards perigee, you actually are falling and, the, and gravity is speeding you up 
kind of slingshotting you into that lower perigee. And, and so your highest speed is, is, is uh, Mach 25 or 25,000 feet per second. And uh, that's faster than 17,500 miles an hour. And that happens um, uh, on, the way, on the way home. This is maybe a dumb question, but is there like- <laughs> there, are no, there are no dumb questions. They're just dumb people. Okay, well, now I, I think I can satisfy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I've always wondered because you always hear about like, you know, the tremendous, um, uh, you know, friction that's developed because you're coming into the atmosphere at X miles an hour. This is the question I've, I've always had. Why is, why can't at a certain point you slow the craft before you start to dip into the thing, in, into the atmosphere? must you enter that fast? Like, is there a way that you could, like, why do they come in at that, at that speed when you could potentially, I guess I was always wondering what would happen if you sort of like dropped it down to a thousand miles per hour. And then we're just sort of like, did the little fall in and cause you're not building up, you have, don't you have less speed to like bleed off? I don't know. I don't know. Explain that to me. You could, if, if you could slow all the way down and then just fall, it yeah. actually, um, you like wouldn't, you, you're right. You wouldn't develop nearly as much heat. Um, right. But the problem is that it takes a giant rocket to do that. Oh, so, so think about, uh, so you have that massive rocket with the solid rocket boosters and that giant orange tank, external tank full of fuel. Yeah. And by the way, Danny, this is not a stupid question. It's actually a really good question. Oh, thank uh, you. Made, yeah. Honestly, you've made my day because I read every physics book I, and I understand <laughs> I read every astrophysics book, every quantum mechanic book, and I understand 10% of each. And I'm hoping that by the end of my life, I will have a 30% knowledge of all of this. So thank you. Tell me. Uh, that, that, that was great. It was, it was, that's a really good question. Um, but, but so you'd, so you'd somehow have to get another set of the solid rocket boosters and another set of, and another big full orange tank to have enough propellant to slow down because you, you, you started standing still and you converted all that propellant, all that chemical energy to kinetic energy, to, to, to velocity to go around. Right. You gotta take that same amount of velocity back out. So you'd have to, you'd have to burn to go right. down to back down to zero, uh, you'd have to burn that amount of energy, um, minus yes. the atmospheric losses and some gravity losses, but 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 basically the same amount. And and so you can't bring two tanks with you. You never get off the ground, and you know, two said it, it wouldn't work. Wow, that's a that, that's a that's a good okay. That's a, I see that. And an extra so the, tank the, the, would be pretty pricey too, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, at, <laughs> yeah. at these prices. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. It would, it would be a, a now, what, so you were on a mission for two weeks. What was the first mission that you were on? How long were you? The first mission was uh, 95 days. Wow. Uh, yeah, about three months. And what was the hardest part about that? The hardest part about that was if you stay for 100 days, you get a patch. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so man. I was up there for 95 days. Out of a patch? Really? Yeah. I said to Mark, I'm like, Mark, can't we just go around a few more times? You think anybody's going <laughs> to, I just need five more days, you know, think anybody's going to notice. And well, um, you could take the long way home and get you, because your friend a patch. That seems yeah, to... right. I mean, that's terrible. Wow. I the guy would have helped me out, but no. What's, what's um like readjusting to gravity? Like what, what, what I mean, cause you were, your longest mission was how many months did, did you do? Well, uh, three months. Uh, I'm just curious, like, what is that? What, what does that feel like when you come back? I mean, I, I know you guys work out and you have to do all this stuff, but it, it does. You're, you're fighting a losing battle in terms of bone density and muscle. Well, your body goes through all these changes when you go up. 
yeah. then you have to go through all that in reverse when you come back home. I remember the first thing I, I, that really impressed me was just how heavy things were, you know, because I got used to things being kind of weightless. So I was holding my helmet in my hand, like outstretched, and it felt so heavy. I felt like I was holding the anchor to the USS Nimitz, you know, I was like, <laughs> thing. and uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, how am I ever going to brush my teeth? I just the thought of holding the toothbrush up for that long seemed like really daunting. And then, uh, and then the next effect is the vestibular. Your sense of balance is all messed up. So, because your your uh, your inner ear and your otolith organs that give you that sense of balance, those sensors don't work at all without gravity. Right. And so that makes you kind of upset. You actually get a little bit of motion sickness when you first go up, uh, because your brain is getting garbage signals from these sensors, and it confuses right. the brain, and you don't feel too good. But the brain eventually adapts and figures out, well, I should just ignore these things. But now you're back on Earth and you need them again like, to walk. And, and you sit up and the whole room is spinning. It's like you've it's like it's like you've like you had a really bad night the night before and now you're really hungover or something. Everything's just tumbling. I once and had then ear, I once had an ear infection like in my um, labyrinth, I guess it's called, it's called labyrinthitis. And it was exactly that. Like I've heard somebody else describe this, but it was like, I, I had no idea I had it. And I was like at work and I sat up and suddenly the whole room was spinning like this all of a sudden. Like it was like that, a misfire of an infection in there. Ugh. Yeah, it's terrible. It's like, it's like all the pain and none of the fun. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> how long now, when you come back, how long does it last before, you know, things start rewiring and refreshing? Well, it, it's different for everybody. And, um, you know, so some people have a, have a really a hard time readjusting and other people readjust pretty quickly. I was a lucky one. And, and anecdotally, I, I don't know scientifically why this might be true, but I can tell you that like short, stocky guys do better. Wow. So like Scott did great after he came back from <laughs> that like whole year up there, you know, and uh, I did pretty well. Tall, like, like, like marathon runners, th those types of uh, mm -hmm. people with those kinds of physiques, they they struggle a little bit more and I don't know why. I mean, does that have to do with center of gravity in your bodies? I mean, is Maybe. it less easier? Like I, you think about like, it would be easier to balance like a, a stool than a tall, like a, a, a foot stool than a bar stool. I don't know. Yeah, it, it could, it, it could be exactly that, but I, I don't, I don't think anybody's ever like done a scientific study to figure this out, but I can tell you that it was like only the second time in my life that being short came in handy. And the first time was like winning, uh, limbo contest at bar mitzvahs when I was 13. I, I got to clean up in those. Uh, I have a whole bunch of little Lucite statues uh, that I saved. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I want to hang out with you astronauts so I can. <laughs> um. So now it's true that you grow your you grow a bit in space yeah. once you're fine, but does it immediately go back? Immediately. Immediately. So like my wife is about the same height as I am. So um, within an hour of coming back, we went back to back to see if I had an advantage finally, and it was gone already. And I bet that feels great. That probably <laughs> that's gone. It's like yeah, no, like doesn't that's got to make your back hurt? Like your oh yeah, it 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 wasn't that bad for me. Some people do get some some significant lower back pain, but I I never had it too bad. Do you um because so you're. Is there a chance you'll fly another mission? I saw on I saw in my research that you're working with SpaceX now. Is that right or no? Right. So I, I left NASA in 2010 and I started working at SpaceX 2011, and I did a bunch of different things there. Um, my final job there uh, was as I was our director of space operations, 
And then in 2018, I stepped down from that job. And now I'm a professor at USC, uh, where I teach uh, classes and, and uh, yeah, all on human spaceflight. But I'm still a, I still have a kind of a consulting, I, they call me a senior advisor at SpaceX. So I still work with them when they, when they need uh, something that I can help out, help, help them out with. So do you, do you, um, do you long to get back up to space again yourself? Yeah. Or you I would be very, I would love to, you know, um, I'm not one of those guys. There's some people that come back and all they want to do is, is, is find a way back up. You know, yeah. and I'm not one of those. I, I'm, if, if I never go back to space again, I'll be okay. I'm okay with that. I really am. Um, and the other difference is now I do have a family, you know, yeah. Thanks, so she, she was really pregnant and it really worked out. And we have these kids. <laughs> One night I came home and I was giving a talk and I had my blue NASA jacket on uh -huh. and I got home on time to tuck my kid into bed. And he looked up at me at, this was some time ago, I think it was like seven. And he looked at me and goes, dad, were you just in space? <laughs> and I was like, no, I was giving a talk. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, You're going to but... kill it at career day. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to kill it at career day. I crush it at career day. I, um, I, I dominate. I dominate Your careers. Kids were going to yeah. be like well, best bullies in school. Oh my god, oh, that was really cool. Oh, Johnny's dad. Yeah, that was great. It must be really cool to sell that furniture. Anyway, yeah. I'm in space. Like, just no, like the, the true, true, true story. True story. I, I, I go into career day and I'm wearing my NASA jacket. I got some like space food and stuff. And I, I and there's this, some kid's dad who's like an accountant, and he's wearing like a, a, a suit and a tie and carrying a briefcase. And he looks at me and he just takes one look at me. He goes. That's just not fucking fair. <laughs> I, I, I'm going on before he goes on. I'm not following. Oh <laughs> uh, man, this is true. This is all true story. Another time I went, and this guy was an <laughs> undercover cop. One of the kids' kids, he's an undercover cop, and and apparently his buddies like on the force. They call him up to find out who the competition is because he gets competitive about this. Because he's pretty cool. He brings yeah. in the bulletproof vest and like some other yeah. stuff for the kids. Uh, no loaded uh, firearms, but you know he brings yeah, in this yeah. stuff, handcuffs. I don't know what else. Um, and and uh, and so it, and, and he looks up and he goes, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> That's real. You're the career day ruiner. That's what the parents yeah. call you. Here he yeah. comes, the career day ruiner. That's really. <laughs> like, That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, and I, I don't even bring the astronaut ice cream. Because <laughs> if you did, that would seal the deal. All the kids uh, really you know, would be your favorite, hands down. They would absolutely uh, love it. And how old are your kids? I have uh, I have a seven. I'm sorry, you watch them. I have a ten year old and a three year old. Oh, a ten year old. Yeah, ten year old boy, three year old girl. Do they have? Do you, do you see an early interest in at least aeronautics with them? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, so so uh, the three-year-old it's a bit soon, but she does talk about planes and hapatapas. She calls them hapatapas, um, and uh, and and this. But the ten-year-old, oh yeah, he's like he'll tell you he wants to be an astronaut when he grows up. And I've had him fly my airplane, and uh, he does quite well at that. He's 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 all into he's into the Kerbal stuff on the video games, and yeah, he's he's what 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 he's, kind of do you mind ask, what kind of airplane is your airplane? Uh, we we have a Cirrus. We have an uh, an SR twenty two. I huh? love. I, I never got. I've ne like. I stopped. I, I stopped flying right as that was coming out. So I learned on the one seventy twos, no glass cockpit. You know the VOR stuff. But I, I I've actually been thinking about getting back into it because I, I I would love to learn how to 
I'd love to fly a Cirrus. So yeah, no, it's a great airplane. We I learned too. I learned on a 152, and then I moved up to the 172. That's yeah. what I got my mom into Catalina. And uh, uh, but uh, but the, the, but then we and we had a Grumman Tiger, which I loved for a long time. Wow. Yeah. And that was that plane had a lot of sen- sentimental value um, because it, for you know it's the first plane we owned, and uh, I actually owned it with. Uh, at the time, two other astronauts. Uh, we we were partners in this thing, and then I used that airplane to teach Elan Ramon's son how to fly because he wanted to be just like his dad. You know? Oh my God! So okay. there was a ton of, um, yeah, a ton of sentimental value. So it was really hard to let it go. I actually sold it at a discount to some of my buddies back in Houston, so they would stay kind of in the NASA family. family. Yeah. Um, but then, and then we got the Cirrus, and I was like, Oh, this is better. <laughs> I mean that thing is awesome. It can go higher, faster, further. I mean, it's just. But the main, the main thing was, um, it's got the parachute. I know the the the, the, the ballistic parachute, so things yeah. go wrong. Yeah. So it's it's so there's a couple times with that Tiger. I'm flying and I got the kids in the back, and I got it's got one engine, and I'm looking down like as we're going over the mountains, and I'm like, there's eh. <laughs> <laughs> not a whole lot of things. If the engine stops, we're kind of screwed, and that was a terrible thought with the kids in the back so i wanted either another engine or a parachute and i, I got the parachute so i like i like the parachute option myself yeah. uh, uh that's amazing that's so cool um, what's up now how far do you go in in this plane like do you take your family like where do y'all go well typically we we we, we fly for just like you know like three and a half hours that's kind of the bladder limit but i flew to um you know covid you, you might have noticed this covid thing happened Tell yeah. me more. And, uh, Tell me yeah. more. Yes. And uh, I had to go, I, but I was, it, it wasn't going to stop me from going to Florida to see the, the first time we launched people on our rocket at SpaceX. Yeah. You know, Bob and Doug. Yeah. I was going to be Doug. there. I love Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Bob and Doug were like the heroes we needed. Yeah, we, they were. I know. They were great. They were great. So you went, so you went there? So I flew the Cirrus because then I didn't have to get on an airplane or go to an airport or go in an Uber or anything, right? So I flew it all the way, literally from coast to coast. I went uh, at one point. I, I took off at a Torrance Airport here, and then that's I, where I learned I, to fly in Samparini Field. Yeah, that's where you learn how to fly. Yeah, right no there. kidding. Wow, uh-huh. that's a great airport. I love it. Go on. But so you flew from Torrance all yeah. the way to all the way to Titusville. So I, I, at one point I was over the Pacific, and then at, at the end I was over the Atlantic. So it was, it, it was literally like see the shining sea. Okay, <laughs> and and, uh, uh, and I only had to stop once. I stopped in Texas uh, overnight. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Where in where Texas did you stop? Uh, Kerrville. So it's like right in the hill country. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have family there. Uh, it's, that's beautiful. it's beautiful in Kerrville. It's gorgeous there. Yeah, that's in the very beautiful hill country. Oh, well, can I ask one more space question? Please. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to get a soda while you do that. Hold on. Okay, you go get a soda. Okay, so... Like when I watched Scott Kelly come back and he was on the Soyuz, you know, you've always come back on shuttles. Isn't the shuttle re-entry landing so much more easy than like landing on the hard ground in Kazakhstan? That seems like like all of a sudden you feel your body weight for the first time and then you crash land. Well, it's way better. It's way better for, for, for a couple of reasons. The first is, even before you, the crash landing, uh, which is, you know, I've been, I've heard it described as not just a car crash, but like two car crashes. Cause you're right. like, you hit it 
and then you bounce and you hit again. Yeah. So that's terrible. And the shuttle, if I weren't paying really close attention, I wouldn't have even noticed that we touched down. It was like that gentle. I mean, which is I watched amazing. Him, yeah, like I watched him my whole life, like growing up as a kid, you know, we'd wheel the TV in and like, <laughs> I mean, that was like so exciting. You'd watch, oh my God, the shuttle landings were just so like, what a warm hug on your way oh. back. And then, oh, let's watch everyone land at Kazakhstan. It's just like, like it's it, even it worse to they, watch they, it <laughs> it's tough it not only not, so there's a there's a bunch of other things about it um so first of all even before the crash the in, in this you pull like even on a good day you pull like five g's or five and a half g's in the in the soyuz so you get that big g spike because that capsule hits the air and and it slams on the brakes and you, ugh, you get really squished yeah and that's very uncomfortable after being in zero g for all the time in the shuttle, it's like one and a half. Oh. So it's like it's like no big deal in the shuttle, even before you get to the landing. And then the landing was crazy. And then the other big difference is, like the night I landed both times, I went to the bar in Cocoa Beach <laughs> and, and I'm having a cheeseburger and a beer, okay? And if you're in Kazakhstan, you know no. what? You get some borscht or something. It's like horrible. <laughs> All right? It's like, it's like really bad. Welcome home. So yeah. <laughs> Oh they my do God! Weird things they, they, yeah. It's it's Kazakhstan's not, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember like asking Scott Kelly, like, I said, man, I I bet when you, those the shoots come out, like, man, you just must feel like the biggest sigh of relief. He's like, well, no, not quite. <laughs> he hadn't hadn't hit the ground yet. It's like a yeah, it's like a head-on collision. Not <laughs> you're happy, but yeah, I was like. How, how come they don't stop doing it in water? Like, well, there's there's big advantages to doing it on ground. So now we're doing it on water again with with SpaceX. You know, right. so I when Bob and Doug came back, we we splashed them into the drink, and uh, it's just it's a lot more forgiving. We we uh, we looked at landing Dragon on land, and and the reason you'd want to do that is it's 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 easier to get to them quickly. You know, um, you can you can drive up to them in a truck. You can bring a lot of stuff with you. You don't need like an aircraft carrier. Yeah. Um, and then you can get them to a runway fast and fly them somewhere with a helicopter. Whereas it's a little trickier if you're out at sea. You got to put them on a boat and you got to drive the boat back. So, and then the other thing is that um, you know when you land on land, you can't sink. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a yeah. big plus. The drowning uh, factor. So for a lot of reasons, landing on land is good, but the problem was is that Dragon was never designed for that. And so when we studied it, it would it, there was a very good chance that if Dragon, a very high chance actually, if Dragon hits the ground, it'll blow up, and uh, that's undesirable. Seems so, like you want to avoid that. I mean, I'm not an engineer, but that or like what if a foam pit, you know, that you see it as <laughs> a ball pit, yeah, yeah. Like or a, a big bouncing pit. castle. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. I mean, I, I'm not the engineer here, but if you want to, <laughs> I think pass about that along, a great I can idea. come speak at one of your classes too. I have no problem doing that. Uh, be, Jenny, if you would come and be a guest lecturer, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I would love that. I would Record be escorted that. off campus. Record probably that. afterwards. But <laughs> well, one of the things we do here is we ask people what they've been watching mm. during this pandemic. Um, so you can either tell us something you've been enjoying now, or what, what, what was something you watched on the shuttle that got you through, uh, on this, on the ISS? Well, well, right now, so we're in, we're in isolation here with this pandemic. And, yeah. um, and I mentioned I have a three-year-old, right? right. Oh yeah. Oh, so I, can, I can put it to you this way. You ready? Yeah. yeah. 
the snow glows white on the mountaintop. <laughs> oh man, had a footprint to be seen. Is <laughs> a kingdom of isolation, and it looks like I'm the queen. Yeah, so that's what I've been watching. Oh my god, that was that was fantastic, and we're gonna obviously one of our fans is gonna remix that, and it's gonna be uh, oh, we're gonna auto tune you. It's gonna be perfect. Yeah, um, love I love it. <laughs> You'll break the machine. Oh, yeah, Jenny, what are you watching? Um, was well, there anything you've been watching that you want to recommend, though? I do. So, 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 um, so, a couple things. Um, the first is I, we have been watching season two of Four of Mankind because I'm working on that show. So I'm oh wow! For this Apple show, uh, an Apple TV Plus Four of Mankind. It's about um, it's about space. Uh, the, the basic premise is that. The, the Soviets beat the Americans and they land on the moon first. So Alexei Leonov is the first person that walks on the moon and not Neil Armstrong. And then it's, that's at the point at which we diverge from reality. And then we go into this alternate history about what would have maybe happened next, which is a, a, pretty, a pretty awesome premise for a show. And I love that. Uh, we had season one's out, season two's is, is the first two episodes are out now. And, um, and I, I've been a technical advisor on that. And it's been a tremendous amount of fun. That's right up in my queue. That's the next thing I'm watching because I just heard. I, I so I'm, I I may actually watch um start watching tonight. Yeah, I actually will too. I haven't. I just wrote it down in my yeah. notes. <laughs> That's a good recommendation. Uh, season two has been really great. There's also uh, I actually got to do this is it's already aired, so I could tell you I got to do a, 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 a I would say a cameo, but actually that I was uh, my credit was guest star in uh, in the second episode. Um, oh, I'll check him out. It was a real stretch. I had to, it was really hard to, to do this acting job because I had to play astronaut Garrett Reisman. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. How many lines did you have? I had one line. I had one oh. line. What was it? It, it? it was funny. So, one of the, the uh, Sonia Walger, who's one of our leads, uh, she's I worked with her. Wires. Sorry? I worked with her on a show. Oh, you did? You know, so yeah, she's yeah. Great. She's awesome. And she's up in the wires, like really uncomfortable, pretending that she's floating around in zero G. I'm in a, in a comfy seat. Uh, and the scene is in the space shuttle. I'm in, in the seat and she's floating. And, um, and uh, I have to, I, I had this one line. And, and, you know, it took us like, this scene is, I don't know, it takes maybe 20 seconds uh, in, the, in, the fi- in the final cut in the episode. But it took like the better part of a day to get this one scene because they have to, they have to like we have to do it like a, a dozen times. They have to like get the close shots, the wide shots, and all that. So we're doing it over and over. And I, I, uh, Danny, I, I'm you know what this is like, right? I know you've you done know, this. Oh my God, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> crazy the amount of time you spend on something that most people miss when they're going to get their soda or they're going to get like popcorn. Yeah, yeah. If only they knew. So so uh, uh, so we're doing this over and over, and I flubbed my line once. I was really proud that I got it. I nailed it like eleven of the twelve times, but. I flubbed it. And, and Sonia looks at me and goes, Reisman, you had one fucking line. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And I'm like, I know. Who, talk, who talks like this? Because I had to do a bunch of technical gobbledygook, which I wrote uh, for the scene. Right. Um, but I still flubbed it. And, uh, Did you walk <laughs> around practicing? Like, I had one line one time on the Mick on Fox or Caitlin Olsen's <clears throat> show. Yeah. And I played a I played a prostitute, and, <laughs> and my line movie, was, "Yeah, are right, you boys looking for a good time? I'm soliciting sex. I must have walked around my house for 
fucking three weeks like you boys looking for a good are you boys looking for a good time you boys looking for <laughs> I did the same thing with my online on Modern Family. I still, it's seven years ago, I'm still thinking about how I could have done it differently. So I understand. You know, Sonia was so, Sonia actually like took me under her wing. So my, my, I say a bunch of technical stuff, which was kind of easy because I wrote that and I could, I could just act like I'm being me. But then I have to turn around and tell her to put her seatbelt on. So my line is, all right, Cobb, time to strap in. Okay, (laughs) that's the line. And, uh, and I'm like, and, and every time I'm saying it, it's coming out all kind of artificial, right? It's just not yeah. sounding right. And, and I'm like really sweating this. And, and then she helped me. Like she took me under her wing and gave me some, she goes, okay, pretend you're telling your son, oh. it's time to go home. It, it, you're at Disneyland and it's time to go, right? And you know, he really wants to stay and it, it's breaking your heart to take him away from what he loves, but you have to be the responsible adult and tell him. That's great. Mm-hmm. And that did it. That did that's that. great direction, man. I love that. So when you watch episode two, tell me if you think I pulled I it. I promise. Up. Oh, well, you'll be getting a, you'll be getting a message from me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to record it on my phone. I'll post it. I'll give you full. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, Thanks. Danny. Okay. Have you watched WandaVision? Of Garrett? course. I'm all caught up. Are you all caught up? Garrett? Mm, no. no you, I, so you, you have I'm a seriously, three-year-old, so you can't. I got, I got time for the show I'm working on. And then like one other show that like sometimes late at night when the kids are asleep, my wife and I, we, we get together, we get naked and then we can watch one show. And, 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 uh, and that is, we, we've been, it, things have been so dark, not only with the pandemic, but with everything that's going on that we've been watching things that are fun. So we watched, uh, let's see, first we, we did Shit's Creek from start yeah. to finish. Fantastic. And, and we just finished uh, uh, Ted Lasso. So how how great was that? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. Was, uh, that, 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 that was such a great show. Yeah, I can't, I can't say enough nice things about Ted Lasso. That was, it was like such a good feel-good, easy show to watch, and especially with everything that's been going on in the world. Like, yeah. it's so nice to have I gotta, that. I, I got I to dig into that. I think Ted Lasso made me a better person. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just wait till those DVD sales come out on the back of it in quotes. Ted yeah. Lasso made me a better person. <laughs> Dr. Garrett. But now, so now that I finished those two, and I already watched, I watched Fleabag too, which is kind of like, kind of yeah. like um, what should I What should I watch next? That's kind of in the same vein. Oh, is those. Mm. Ooh, let's see. Modern Family. Of course, obviously. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Always watch Modern Family. Um, I got into a super heavy thing, but Danny, have you have you tried the the Woody Allen doc on? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not dug into that yet. I know I oh. will, but I know the first feels, two episodes are out. It's heavy. It's a that feels a little yeah that that that, that, that something like that that feels light. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I feel like there's been so many dark things. Like every everything that people have suggested, it's like by the way, go see. Um, you told me it's like Nomadland. You know. Yeah. Like, it's like, I want to commit suicide afterwards, but give it a whirl. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody turned me onto a show. It's not light, but it was like, I, I, I wasn't even aware of it. I guess it came out in 2017 into two seasons. It's on Amazon and it's called, um, I, I don't, I'm recommending it for as far as I've seen it. Maybe it'll fall apart, but it's called right. Fortitude. Fortitude. And it, it's, it's Fortitude. Fortitude. It takes place in the most Northern town, I guess, in the world in Iceland. And there's like uh, 
there's it's sort of a murder mystery up there but like stanley tucci comes in in episode two mm -hmm. and is the investigator and he's brilliant and i don't know so far i like it so and that's on amazon yeah that's what i was watching all right i'm gonna give that one a whirl then Let's see what it is um i was how did you watch the golden globes Danny? i watched some yeah. of them I, I just saw it. I, I saw the highlights on the on the Twitter thing, but that, that that's that's uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch the whole thing. I like y'all's reaction. It's not like, oh my god, it was fantastic. You both were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was on. It was know. on. They, they, they were on for sure. There it was. And oh man, well, I mean, uh, it was tough. I, I thought they gave it a whirl, but I was happy to see. Um, uh, I like that Jason Sudeikis won. I did too. Ted Lasso, I like that. Love that the movie Soul won. Yeah, yes. I love yes, Soul. Yes, that was great. That was, I that, think my favorite movie I watched in 2020 was Soul. I thought that yeah. was fantastic. That was great because it worked for all of us. That, you know, that we were able to turn off the Frozen for once and, um, <laughs> yeah. and watch something else. And, 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 and I loved it. That was great. Oh, I loved it. And that whole other world of like the in-between world, uh, the, you know, the, the, the Soul world was so beautifully constructed. Yeah, I, I went into it. I had zero idea what it was about. So I was like completely, I, you know, just looking at the poster, I thought, oh, it's going to be about jazz music the whole time. And uh, cool. I like that. It's like, it was fantastic. It's great. Well, um, it's, it's getting to be that time. We've kept our, it's time to, <laughs> you know, strap yourself in. Um, Wait, say your line again. Strap yourself in, cop. No, oh, yeah. All right, cop. Time to strap in. Oh my God, I want to strap in so much. I'm about to, I'm like, I'm looking for my seatbelt right now. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, it, well, it's, it's such a pleasure to meet you. So fascinating. And and, and uh, um, congratulations on that. You have an enviable career. We're both sitting here like hanging on your every word about this stuff. We love it so much. So, uh, um, oh. and thanks oh. for waste, wasting this time with us. Cause we- No, uh, no, this is super fun. Any anytime I do one of these and I could like drink beer while I'm talking to you, that's anytime. Cool. <laughs> we yeah. encourage it. Oh my yeah. God, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, yeah, thanks for and thanks uh, the thanks doing it, uh, audience. Yeah, we appreciate it. And and where can they find you? You can everyone can follow you, Garrett. On oh yes, thank you. Um, so you can you can check out my stuff at uh, GarrettReisman.com, and uh, also I'm at AstroGDog on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm on Facebook too. You can get those links at the website if you want. That's the result of like, I, I, I signed up for Twitter in the very, very beginning when I'm like, this is never gonna to amount to anything. I'll just make up something ridiculous for my, and now I'm stuck with it, but Astro underscore G underscore dog with two Gs. Astro. <laughs> well, I'm well, doing well, it right now, I'm doing it right now my friend. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us.